And joining us now is one of the great legal experts out there, former federal prosecutor, Doug Burns. Um, Doug, so great to have you here on the show. What, what was your take Thank when you. you heard that Alec Baldwin uh, is going to be charged with involuntary manslaughter? Well, I would have been surprised, Rita, if he hadn't uh, given that interview. But basically, I think three things caused this, uh, this to, to come about. Number one, as you just said, and very, very important legally, not only was he just an actor uh, in the project, he was the producer. So right there, um, that's sort of you know, the first part of the recipe. Number two is the interview. Prosecutors are, at the end of the day, human beings. I was a prosecutor, federal prosecutor, for nine years. And the point is, is that when a guy sort of arrogantly, you know, does a big interview and he, he looks uh, George Stephanopoulos right in the face and he goes, oh, no, 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 I didn't pull the trigger, as you said. But then there was a much more important sort of little arrogant point in that interview where he said something like, look, I know somebody was responsible, but it wasn't me. Like very glib, very arrogant. And that made a big, big impact in my view on the prosecutor's decision. But in fairness to the sort of objectivity of the decision, um, you have the fact that he's the producer, but you also have the fact, and, uh, you know, you hit every point, Rita, and that is that the conditions on the set were horrific. There were apparently all kinds of live rounds present, not just, you know, one or two, but a lot. Um, There were problems with the crew. They weren't happy with what was going on, and it really was sort of an accident waiting to happen. So now you go to the law real quick, And this is where people can get a little bit confused, you know, with homicides and stuff. This is an involuntary manslaughter, which means he doesn't have to have any intent, zero, uh, to kill the person, um, which, by the way, makes it hard to defend, okay? The legal test has nothing to do with did he intend to kill anybody. That's not it. The legal test is did he um, violate a basic duty of care that is owed to the woman who was tragically killed. Okay, she's at work. This is where you go sort of like to the law school classroom, <clears throat> apart from the around the dining room table. Now you go to real law. She's at work. She's entitled to expect that those people in supervisory positions, the producer, the gunner person, are going to exercise a reasonable duty of care to make sure that she's safe, and that duty of care was was breached by a ton, and that's the theory of the case. Now, it gets a little in the weeds um, exactly how it's been charged and the penalties and all that. I don't want to jump ahead of you. <laughs> yeah, no, by the way, why two counts of involuntary manslaughter? There's reports that he may be facing two counts. Brilliant question, brilliant question. And the reason it's so brilliant is I'm on the phone with a longtime colleague, who's been in DOJ, he was in DOJ 30-plus years. I said, well, wait a minute, Peter. I said, we have what we call multiplicity and duplicity, not to get all in the weeds. You can't generally charge Doug Burns with stealing the candy bar at 7-Eleven, use a hypothetical, and then charge him again for the same thing. However, under New Mexico law, this is interesting, one of the counts is involuntary manslaughter, period, you know, violating the duty of care. And then the second one is labeled involuntary manslaughter in the commission of an otherwise lawful act. And if it goes to trial, this is actually quite interesting. I think the uh, listeners will find this interesting. The jury will have the option of convicting on, you know, one or the other, Rita. So it's kind of just a little quirk 
in New Mexico law. But now comes the bombshell of bombshells, which I'm going to have to study extremely carefully once the charges are lodged. They're saying, you know, by the end of the month, because you probably, I'm sure you saw this because, you know, you follow this all day long. People were weighing in saying that, oh, there could be a five-year mandatory minimum involved here. That's a huge, huge, huge point that we're all going to have to get our arms around. Apparently, on the second of the two charges, the involuntary manslaughter in the commission of a lawful act, if you use a firearm, there can be a five-year enhancement. But again, I'm going to study it when I see it. But if that's the case, real quick, that's going to factor in big time in terms of possible plea bargaining. Wow, that's interesting. Now, speaking yeah. of plea bargain, and everybody, we're talking to great former federal prosecutor Doug Burns. Um, Doug, this is interesting. Um, the second armorer, you know, these are the ones who handle all the props. Um, yes. The first armorer is also charged, as we know, yep. with involuntary manslaughter. The second armorer, like the, the second tier one, has apparently reached a plea deal and is testifying against Baldwin and also the first armorer. Now, he's also apparently the person who passed the gun and yep. said cold gun, meaning the gun is, is you know, it's not an active gun with real bullets. Yep. And and it goes off um, and passes it, passes it, obviously, to Alec Baldwin. And then it goes off. And obviously, the prosecutors say that he had to, Alec Baldwin had to have pulled the trigger. And um, but how interesting is that, that he reaches this plea deal? Is that a sign? Um, it's interesting. Alec Baldwin, from the very beginning, has been defiant, has said, you know, like you said, he looks like he's going to say everybody else on the set was to blame, even though he's the producer. And he sounds like he's the one who pulled the trigger, according to prosecutors. Yep. Uh, but he's not accepting any responsibility. How complex does that make it for him that this guy has obviously turned state's evidence? No, no, no. That's a huge point. Um, anytime you have, you know, I'll go to the X's and O's again in the conference room, uh, in the courtroom. You know, you have three defendants in a case. When you learn that one of them has flipped and they're cooperating, um, that's just a big, big factor to be taken into account. Um, it's interesting. I mean, as you say, he's going to say he handed him, you know, the gun and it's cold. That, that could ostensibly help Baldwin. But where Baldwin gets hurt again is in the idea that a couple things. Number one is the producer, to repeat the earlier point. But the second thing, and particularly, by the way, and this is a segue into another topic, which is, you know, what's the jury appeal in that venue? How's that going to look? The point is you have a lot of people out there who take gun safety extremely seriously. So the point I'm trying to make is that Baldwin himself, most jurors are going to conclude, is required under a reasonable duty of care to check the weapon himself, regardless of what he's told. That's going to be a huge point in the courtroom if it gets there. Yeah, great point. Like, what is standard procedure on the set? And um, by the way, I've talked to other friends who've been on yeah. many acting roles and sure. have said the same thing, that no matter what, you should check and that there's a, a visible difference, too, that if it's a live round or not, that especially if you're pointing it in the, in the sure. direction of the cinematographer and others, you have a responsibility to be an extra checker as an actor and also as a producer. Yeah, I mean, in a quick dose of humility, I mean, I did a podcast a year ago about this, and one of the people on the show was an actor, and he was the one who was stressing that over and over. You know, as a veteran actor, 30-year career, hundreds and hundreds of you know, shows and movies, and he said, you absolutely have to double-check that weapon. 
Wow. Doug Burns, you are terrific. I love you, my friend. Thank you for being here <laughs> on the you. show. And I was uh, making it. On your show. I appreciate it. Always. You are invited anytime. The great Doug Burns. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.